Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Morning Devotion, a special, special day. This is the 21st day of 21 days of prayer. And thank you to each of you who've joined in with us. If you've been with us all 21 days, put a put a word out to the side. So Johnny, Sandra, Alice, Nanette, Lynn, thank you. Thank you for being here and making this a part of your usually weekday morning. But during the 21 days, we just keep pressing on. So this will be, I guess, 26 days if we make it through the work week up ahead of us. So thank you, Glenn, Wilma, Lonnie, Lawanda, thank you. And we welcome each of you and thank you for hanging in here with us. So you know the procedure, follow the page, like the page, share the page, and um, and then just give this to as many people as you can. This is a special day. For 21 days, we have focused on prayer and I hope it has helped establish a habit in our lives to continue in prayer. So today, something very, very special, a memory, a tribute, a message, something that I couldn't escape. Once somebody asked me the question yesterday, I was not going to get away from this thought. This is a message from someone I love dearly, and I want to share it with you. Let me let me give you how this started. Brother Jack Cunningham texted me yesterday evening, probably probably texted numerous ministers. He asked me the books that affected me the most as a young minister, and that wasn't hard. There were two books, uh, uh, Verbal Beans' book on prayer, and you hear me share an insight of that on Prayers of Four Lane Highway in the book on prayer. And then Gordon McDonald's Ordering Your Private World. He then asked which two sermons affected me the most, and uh, that didn't take long for me to remember. Wandering Stars of the Night by J.T. Pugh, and then The Prevailing Prayer of Faith by Vesta Mangan. Couldn't get away from it. Remember that very first because of the time Tessie and I were there, how hungry we were for God, how, how fulfilled we were. And it prompted me to realize how much I missed because of the times this month, this year. Normally, January is when we were at because of the time. But like so many other things, this pandemic season interrupted that. And I regret that, but I understand that. I think this would have been something like the 38th because of the times. And there at the first one back in 1983, it affected me and my wife so very much. I couldn't get away from that simple question from Brother Cunningham, which messages affect me the most, and this was one of them, preached in 1983 by none other than Vesta Megan. And I thought today, this is a good way to close this out. It's a good way to close 21 days of prayer, remembering how one message on prayer changed my life and moved me 38 years ago, changed the entire course of my life from this one message. I, I'm going to, who can imitate Sister Mangan in preaching? There's nobody. But could I share a few things that she shared? May put a few of them in my own words, but I'll stay true to her intent. 
This is a day, she noted then, and how much truer it is today, of pragmatic values. Things are measured by whether or not they produce the intended results. It's true in the world of business, the world of science, and regrettably, it's true in the Church of the Living God that we're looking for the mechanics of success, but we are looking for the shortcuts to conserve time and energy and finances and all sorts of things like that. We want the easy route. That's what we're looking for. But you can improve upon science and you can improve upon all manner of sophisticated equipment, technology, medicine, education, but you're never going to improve on the power and the force of prayer. I believe that the greatest people on earth today are the people who pray, pray. I don't mean those that talk about prayer, teach about prayer, preach about prayer, or even those who say they believe in prayer, nor even those who can explain beautifully about prayer. I'm talking about the people who really take the time to pray. They don't have the time, they take the time. They take the time away from something else that is important, something else that is pressing, some tyranny of the urgent, something that is pressing on their schedules. Uh, But anything else that we think is important is so much less important and so much less pressing than the act of praying and interceding before God. And the men and women who have been central to this movement who have carried forth great causes and have accomplished great and glorious works for God have been those people who are preeminent in prayer. Can I get a witness to that? These are the people who put prayer first, group everything else in their lives around and for prayer. These are the people today who are doing the most for God, winning the most souls, training the most people, solving the hardest problems and answering the hardest question. These are the people who are awakening churches and nations. These are the ones supplying men and monies to missions. This is the hand that reaches out to say that first of all has clashed the throne of God. There's no power, absolutely no power like that of the prevailing prayer of faith. There's none like it. While this world's progress in science and art is overwhelming and beautiful, the church has been slow to learn that she cannot improve upon the examples of intensified, travailing, prevailing prayer of the heroes of faith in both the Old and in the New Testaments. If a man can pray, he can do anything. He's got all of heaven, all of earth at his disposal that God will do as a result of the praying of the humblest person. He will do what otherwise could not be done. Oh, the power of prevailing prayer of faith. God will do an answer to the prayer of the weakest person here, what otherwise he couldn't do. You can do no more. You can do no more than pray until you pray because that's the power on earth that commands all of the power of heaven. If you're joining in right now, I'm sharing experts of a message that I heard back in 1983 from Sister Vesta Mangan at the first Because of the Times. She said that the greatest benefactor that this old world could ever have is the individual who will bring every one of us back to the art of the prevailing prayer of faith. That's, That's the greatest benefactor this world could ever have. 
Why is that? Because God conditions the very life of his church, the prosperity of his cause and his purpose on the prevailing prayer of faith. That prayer has brought health to the sick, hearing to the deaf, eyes to the blind, life to the dead, salvation to the lost, and has cast the devil out of not a few by the power of prevailing prayer. That should be the main business of each and every day of our lives. Every day we've got to pray. And every day we've got to pray more intensely. We've got to pray more. If prayer is anything, then prayer is everything. If it's true, then it is the greatest truth. Because if the church will not pray, God cannot and will not act. God will never go over the head of his church to enforce any decision. He cannot take things out of her hands. He put the authority there. He said, I will give you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy, that he gave us the keys to that, that Paul Paul would say we have access into the heavenlies and into the throne room of grace. Therefore, blessed is the church that is praying, for it shall be filled. Churches that pray together grow together. Believers that get together and bind together, they will grow together. Families that get together and pray together, they're going to work together, love each other, and magnify their influence. Souls are going to be saved. Generations of that family will be reached. Individuals will be blessed. The farthest in the family from the kingdom of God. Every prodigal is going to come back home when we tap into the power of prevailing prayer in faith. Uh, When we exercise that great gift, Churches are blessed. Families are blessed. Pastors are blessed. The Lord is blessed. This house, Jesus said, should be called a house of prayer. And therefore, holy men and women in the past who subdued the powers of hell, they were more than conquerors. They changed the course of natural and national affairs. They subdued kingdoms. They obtained promises. They wrought righteousness. These were men and women who were no strangers to intensified, incessant, and intercessory prayer. The men and the women of our day who are affecting this generation, and I believe I'm talking to some of you right now, you've pushed back the horizons. You've established great things. You've got footholds and strongholds in enemy territory. You've raised up a godly family, established ministries and churches on hostile soils. You've turned your world upside down. You're starting an awakening that no enemy can stop. These are the men and women of prevailing prayer of faith. And there's absolutely no other power like that. Prevailing is travailing, it's weeping, it's weeping, it's weeping. What is that prevailing prayer of faith? Let me tell you what it's not. And sometimes that is a better definition than what it is. It's not programs. It's not education, not personal charisma, personality, oratory, administration, advertising, how to win friends and influence people. It's not architectural triumphs, real estate, embellishments of music, robed choir, stained windows, carpeted uh, auditoriums, padded pews, culture, refinement, money. All those are good. 
Genius is nothing. Learning is nothing. Organization is sarcasm and irony apart from that which gives every one of them value and force. Everything we do, everything we build, every behavior, every word, every action has got to be undergirded by prayer. The prevailing prayer of faith is not foxhole prayer. It's not half-hearted, it's not lukewarm, it's not spasmodic, not just when I get in trouble, I'm going to pray. Neither is it a little lay-me-down-to-sleep kind of bedtime prayer. The prevailing prayer of faith is the Spirit itself making intercession within us with groanings that cannot be uttered. It's the exceeding greatness of His power to those of us who believe according to His might. Can I get a witness, Deborah? And Dorothy and Vicki, Kathy, yeah. Prevailing prayer of faith is resurrection power. It's mighty weapons to the pulling down of strongholds. It's wrestling against powers and principalities, rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness. It's holding on in prayer until the answer comes. It's protracted prayer. It is groaning prayer. It is prayer that is accompanied with fasting. It's prayer that's weeping It's accompanied with tears. It's that speechless prayer when we don't know what else to say. It's the God help me prayers when no other prayer will come forth. It's the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous. It's praying in the Holy Ghost. It's the most perfect form of prayer. It can touch the highest heaven and it can shake the lowest hell. If you believe it, then try it and watch something happen. Oh, praise God. Connie, I believe it can happen. David, it can happen. Donetta, Tricia, it can happen. The prevailing prayer of faith. Look at the Bible characters who practice it. It's seen in Abraham when he stood before the Lord and said, are you going to destroy the righteous with the wicked? Abraham moved in on God and said, no, Lord, you cannot do that. Prevailing prayer is that of Jacob, threatened by death, feared for his life, prayed on and on through the night and wrestled with that heavenly being until the break of day saying, I will not, I will not, I will not, I will not, I will not let you go until you bless me. What is that prevailing prayer of faith? It's Joshua lifting his spear toward the setting and sun and cried out, Son, stand still. And did it happen? You know it did. It's Elijah when he said to King Ahab, according to my word, no rain, no dew, no rain, none for the space of three and a half years. Uh, I'll shut up the heavens. Oh, proud king, you will be bent. Uh, We're done with bowing. Uh, You are going to be bending. That is the prevailing prayer of faith. It's Elisha saying to Elijah, I got to have that double portion. I want that double portion. Prevailing prayer is a double portion. It's Hezekiah turning his face to the wall and staring death in the face and saying, go home, death. I'm not ready to die. It's Joseph praying in a dungeon for 13 long years uh, when he was delivered and elevated to a throne and spared his entire family, the nation of Israel. That is the prevailing prayer of faith. Uh, If you're just joining in right now, I'm sharing a Because of the Times message from 1983 by Vesta Mangan that affected me so much. She said that Bible history confirms everything that I've told you, that history can be both made and changed by the prevailing 
prayer of faith. What is it? It's Esther, her maidens, the Jews in Shushan, fasting for 72 hours. Her nation was appointed for extermination. But Esther's immortal prayer with the surrendering of her will and her life to God stirs us today. She said, if I perish, I perish, but I'm not going to sit down until I see an answer. I'm not going to stop. It's Hannah who takes the foremost place among women for her fervency in prayer in the entire Old Testament. Her prayers are classic because it reveals the true power and ingredients of prevailing and travailing and intercessory prayer. It's the groaning. It's the groaning before the throne of grace. Uh, it's Rachel crying out, give me children or I die. And she bore Joseph and Benjamin. It's Ruth cleaving to Naomi, said, entreat me not to leave you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to go all the way with you. Your God is my God. I'm going to be here when you get back. I've taken my stand. I've drawn a line in the sand. I've made my decision. I'm not going anywhere. It's Jonah walking out, waking out of his sleep and having, having a difficult issue with a whale. Preached to Nineveh, a heathen city. And all of Nineveh fasted three days, including the beast of the field, with the heathen king saying, maybe. Maybe God will show us mercy and God spared Nineveh for another 200 years. Oh, America, did you hear that? Maybe that's the prayer that we need to pray. It's Joel saying, gather the people, assemble the elders, gather the children. Let us weep between the porch and the altar and keep on weeping and weep every day, child of God. Every day, Joel prophesied that great forces are going to be marshaled against us in the end time but we should pray in the spirit. It's Ezra weeping and lamenting and pulling his hair until the nation got back on course. It's Jeremiah with a fountain of tears, the weeping prophet who said, oh God, my head were waters and my eyes a fountain that I may weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. It's a 120, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, along with other women who were at the dawn of the outpouring of a grace dispensation, a Holy Ghost dispensation. In the first century, they were in one accord. If we can get in one accord, as many of us do every morning and throughout the day here, if we can seek God and keep on seeking God with prayer and supplication and fasting, the early church was born with that one accord praying and 3,000 souls were added after a 10-day prayer and fasting conference. If 100 120 people fasting 10 days in one accord could produce 3,000. Uh, what could hundreds and hundreds and thousands more do uh, when we begin to bind together? On and on, you see that infant church praying. They prayed everywhere. Everywhere they went, they prayed, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. What we need is an old-fashioned shaking we need a prayer meeting where the church renews her strength. The church, the church is restless, restless for the purpose of her great mission. She's irresistible when she's armed with the power of prayer. The entire power of imperial Rome, the mistress of the world, was unable to resist the intensified and prevailing prayer of faith of that church. She crumbled. 
Rome crumbled. She was shaken from center to circumference because of a church that knew how to pray. They prayed everywhere. We will be a generation. Oh God, in 2021, we will be a generation of prayers. Ask, and everyone that asketh receiveth. Everyone that seeketh findeth. Knock, and everyone that knocketh the door is going to be open. It's going to open. He gives to the ravens that cry out. He gives to the elect that cry day and night. Ask, seek, knock. It's going to happen. In spite of all of our modern technology, our gadgetry, our greatest need today is the prevailing prayer of faith. Listen, listen to me carefully. Two features have always marked periods of spiritual awakening. The power of prayer, the power of preaching. Every great awakening in the history of the church from the time of the apostles until today had its origins in prayer. There have been great awakenings without much preaching and there have been awakenings without any organization, but there has never been a true awakening without much prayer. The days of Luther and Wesley and Edwards and Finney and Moody and the revival and Wales and the beginning of latter rain at the turn of the century were all characterized by the power of prevailing prayer. They begin with prayer and they end because we neglect prayer. It's the secret of the working of miracles. It's the making the valley filled with ditches. Oh my, Second Chronicles 7.14 is so operative today. If my people which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear. It's one of those I will if they will. It's a conditional promise. It's that safety deposit box in the bank vault. The keeper has a key. You have a key. And neither alone is going to open the box. But when you hand the keeper your key, She inserts both keys and the door flies open that the storehouse of promises becomes available to a redeemed person. 1,004 promises in the New Testament alone. Lord, teach us to claim those promises. Teach us to pray. We live, Don, Trish, Trenton, Debbie, we live in the darkest hour of our history. And God, God has used meetings like the cause of the times to raise up people to enter into prevailing prayer of faith with an I will, if you will, promise. God said there was no man in those dark hours, no man to stand in the gap, no intercessor. Had I couldn't do what I wanted to do because there was no intercessor. Men ought always to pray. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Pray because God is waiting to hear and answer. Pray because you you and I have needs. Pray because of your own family. Pray because your church needs you praying and pray for the harvest that is coming. So much is being poured into a final harvest and the church of the living God has never tasted its full extent of the power of the prevailing prayer of faith. Sister Mangan said it like this, God will never stumble over the intercessor. He will always stop by and have communion with him.
He'll never stumble over him. He may pass you by with a lot of things you're doing, but he'll never pass by you when you're interceding. She closed the message talking about something she told Pastor Anthony when he entered the ministry. She said, son, I can't give you much, but I promise you that on your birthday each year, I'm going to go to the church early and I'm going to stay there until the sun sets and I will pray for you that entire day because God will never stumble over the intercessor. The prevailing prayer of faith. Thank you, Sister Vesta Mangan. Thank you, Pastor Anthony, Sister Mickey. Thank you, Pastor Gentry and Lexi and Pastor Andrew and Danielle. Thank you to the great saints of the Pentecostals of Alexandria and all of you that have sponsored this meeting for so many years. I hope it has many more years in the future. But can I say, just from me, my wife, who was at the very first because of the times, was a message, like many others through the years, but that message changed my life at a pivotal moment. The prevailing prayer of faith. I hope it changes yours today. Oh, I want to see some prevailing prayers and see the fruit that comes from it. We conclude 21 days of prayer right where we should with the prevailing prayer of faith. Would you share this with others? Thank you for being a part of this and may the Lord bless you very, very richly. Go have great church today. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give. Thank you.